been reading this book called Sapiens, and it is really impactful for me, I think, as a person and as a leader. I'm reading the words, and it's, it's helping me understand the evolution of human beings. If you want to understand the racism that we see today, the struggle with diversity that we see today, this is a book I recommend that people read. It's, it's a phenomenal book that really looks at the evolutionary processes of human beings. And you want to know what's going on in our workplaces or the struggles we're having or the struggles in our communities or our nation at large. You know, this is 2021 when I'm recording this, but last year, 2020, uh, there was a huge, a very significant racial reckoning that happened. Now, I don't know what's going to come from that. I think a lot of people would say the same thing. Who knows what will come from that? But there was a a, a significant conversation and dialogue that started from some of the events that happened last year. And I think it was the perfect storm, obviously. COVID, uh, the entire world being put on lockdown because of it, or at least going on lockdown because of it. And so the unrest that happened, and then you had some uh, some very serious issues that happened, uh, crimes that were committed against humanity, against black humanity. And so the dialogue really, it was a perfect storm, but then the dialogue really elevated around this issue of, um, you know, racism and classism and colorism and diversity, equity and inclusion. We haven't heard it like we've heard today. If, if you get on the job boards today, you'll see that so many companies that probably should have had these positions years ago, but they're starting to hire diversity uh, um, uh, chief officers for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, those positions are now being elevated in certain companies where they used to be kind of a coordinator or manager or just kind of put off over here. Now they're being elevated to the senior table. Companies are beginning to recognize, at least publicly, that this is important and hopefully privately. So reading this book, and I would encourage everyone to read this book. You want to understand the evolution of mankind and where we've come from and where we're going and why we think the way we do, why we struggle the way that we struggle. And I know I've talked about this in in episodes before uh, of JC Thoughts, but uh, so I won't, I won't reiterate some of the things I've already talked about in terms of the lack of tolerance with human beings and uh, how homo sapiens, you know, we, we talked about that before. Uh, but, but the book is just drastically changing my mindset around certain ideas. So I was out on my kayak the other day, and, and I have this, this, uh, these notes on my iPhone. You know, you have them as well uh, if you have an iPhone. And, and so I was out on the kayak, and I was thinking, and so a lot of thoughts came to me. And so I, I'm just going to read some of these thoughts down. And I said, you know, I want to get on and rant about this on, on the JC Thoughts episode of JC Talks. Uh, and here's what I wrote down, and I'll try to I'll try to I'll try to explain this to you as we work through this, um, because my my words here don't necessarily make a lot of sense. But what I said is, life is war. For those who reach for the highest of heights, those who desire to climb the mountain, and see, I look at life as a mountain, one big mountain, and you have to decide what mountain you're gonna, you know, uh, climb. And then you've got to climb the mountain. And the further you want to go in life, just as in any mountain, right, 
it's beautiful. It's lovely down at the bottom. And, and, and the further north you go, the further uh, up the mountain you go, um, the further you ascend up the mountain, the harder it becomes. And I think that's how it is with life as well. So I said, uh, for those who reach, who desire to reach the highest of heights, those who desire to climb the mountain, life is a constant battle. And then I said, the battle of origin, the battle of evolution. We'll come back to that in a second. Leaders must always understand this when dealing with, uh, with themselves, with others. And then I'll come back to something here in a second. Constant battle, the battle of origin. Here's what I was thinking, the battle of origin, the battle of evolution. So again, going back to this mindset of sapiens and how our brain works. So the battle of origin, let me start with the battle of evolution first. The battle of evolution is the battle that we all face in terms of how human beings are wired and homo sapiens uh, specifically are wired. In the book, Sapiens, it talks about how uh, the homo sapien, that species has evolved drastically. And whereas at one point in history, we were kind of in the middle of the food chain, now we're at the top of the food chain. And whereas other uh, species took thousands, millions of years to evolve to their place on the food chain, we went to the top of the food chain in a drastically uh, shorter time. So when you look at a lion, and I've shared this before in the podcast, when you look at a lion, when you look at a shark, you know, you look at these, these animals that we tend to think of a, a rhinoceros. We tend to think of these animals as being the, the top of the food chain in their own worlds, their own context. They don't struggle with a lack of confidence. They don't struggle with uh, anxiety. At, at least I don't think so. I, I haven't studied a lion, you know, recently. But uh, from what I understand, they don't have the same struggles that we do. They live in the present. They live in the moment. There's a confidence when you see a lion walk. There's a confidence when you see the rhinoceros walk. There's a confidence when you know the, 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 there's such beauty in, in the shark as it passes by you. It knows it's the top of its food chain, for the most part. But this is millions of years of evolving to this point where they realize, okay, that there's a lot of confidence in who I am. Human beings don't necessarily have that. They don't have millions of years of evolving to the top of the food chain. They went pretty quick. And so there's a lack of confidence within all of us. So we as human beings are very fear-based, very fear-based. Think about marketing today. Marketing today, um, I don't have I have a TV. I actually have two TVs in my place, but I don't have television per se. I, I don't I don't watch TV. And I remember years ago, it was one of the, the first things when I began to get more discipline in my life, I gave up TV. Um, and, and one thing that when I go to somebody's home and they have the TV on, one of the things that annoys me, which probably annoys you as well, so many commercials. I'm so glad I gave TV up, you know, with Netflix or Amazon Prime, you just get to watch what you want to watch. And of course, they have some ads in there, like at 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 the beginning, but you're paying for the service, right? So they don't have to do it. TV, network TV, it's run on advertisements. And so uh, they're fueled with advertisements. If you watch network TV, and again, I don't do it anymore. So, may, so maybe this has all changed, but I'm pretty sure it hasn't. They are always playing, the advertisements are always playing into the fears of, of, uh, of the human beings. 
right? So if it's a if it's an advertisement for a medicine, it plays into, and it may not be a drastic fear of you know um, the whole world is going to end or anything like that. It may not be any of that, but there's fear around. Um, you know, if you if you don't take this medicine, you're going to miss more time out of work or you're going to have a horrible year. Tomorrow's going to be really bad. You're going to be drowsy. You're going to be tired. And so a little bit of fear. OK, well, let me take this medicine because this medicine will work, will work better than this medicine over here because it will um, affect me in better ways. Um, Safety is a big thing when you look at cars. You know how they promote cars, how they ad, uh, advertise cars to us. It's always about safety, which can, you know, you you know some some of the some of the advertisements I've seen out there, they actually show car you know car accidents, and, and then it's an insurance advertising or it's a hey get this car because there's better you know, and it's got a, a picture of the kid in the back seat and they get blindsided by a car. So it's fear based. And so, well, let me go out and buy this car because my car didn't have all those or my insurance doesn't cover all this. So let me go out and buy it. Um, food, you know, it, it kind of plays into the vanity of hu- uh, of human beings, uh, fear and, and health and all this kind of advertising today is very fear based. Why? Because humans still to this day are we tend to live very fear based lives. You know, we pursue comfort because we don't want the alternative, which is pain, which is hardship, which is sorrow. Right. So we pursue, and this is kind of, at least here in the Western world, and, and I'm speaking from an American point of view, obviously, you know, there are other countries that, that may not think in this way, but in the American point of view, it's all about the pursuit of comfort. You, you know, you go to first grade so you can go to, and you do well there, so you can go to second grade, do well there, so you can go to third grade, on and on and on, so you can get to high school, do well in high school, so what, you can get to college, you do well in college, so you can what, you get a good job or go into graduate school, you get a graduate degree, uh, so you can do what? Get an even better job and make more money so you can what? Have a comfortable life. Marry the right person, so what? You can have a comfortable, secure life. This is what we pursue. So it's almost like this fear base that we have almost from childhood is no pain, no pain, no discomfort, no dis-ease. So always pursuing comfort. So it's all kind of fear-based. And I've actually heard people say this, you know, and I think this is a shame when people say it, but they'll say things like, well, if you don't do well in second grade, you're not going to make it uh, to a great college down the road and you'll be flipping burgers at the, lo- at the local fast food joint. So what does that make the child do for many children? It's fear-based. I don't want to be flipping burgers at the local fast food joint. So I've got to get my butt in gear and get really great gear, uh, grades and so I can get to college and so I can become a lawyer and I can be. And so it's all fear-based. And I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong. I do think, and this is a whole nother conversation, I do think it is uh, shameful for any of us to look down on any job. I mean, that same, that same fast food joint that we go and we spend our time at and we spend our money at and, and we're kind of downgrading, well, <clears throat> you know, this is a great service to our, our family. It's a great service to me, but, but hey, son, hey, daughter, <clears throat> I don't want this for you. And I think that's a real shame. That's kind of our culture that we live in today. Fear-based. So go get the bigger home, go get the bigger car so you can, you know, pursue greatness so you don't have to live like these other people over here. When in reality, I mean, I waited tables for several years in there. I I remember one of the, and I'm totally way off base. We'll come back to to where we need to go here in a second. But I remember one of the um, leading waiters there. He had a master's degree. 
taught for several years and just didn't like the rat race, didn't like Paul. And he said, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to downgrade all my expenses so low where all I have to do is wait tables five days a week and I can live the life I want to live. And he was, he was actually very, he was a brilliant human being. And I think at the time, because I still had kind of that fear-based mentality about life, I looked at him and thought, oh, I don't want to end up like that. But now the older I've gotten, and I wish I could go back and see him again. I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to you know, get in contact with him again. But the older I've gotten, the more I understand kind of where he's, he was coming from. He, he moved out of fear-based you know, living and said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to, all I need is a roof over my head, right? And we're lucky in America to even think that way because there are some countries where, that, or some people even in our country that don't have that, right? So he said, I just need to live with a roof over my head, have enough food on the table so I can survive, I have enough money in my pocket so I can, you know, enjoy life in the ways I want to. And he did that and downgraded his entire life, lived in this real, really small apartment and waited tables and really enjoyed his life. So all that to say, we're, we're, we're teaching in our society, we kind of teach people to run away from that. Fear-based, everything, many things that we do are fear-based, if, if you think about it if you think about it. So why? Because of our evolution, because as human beings, we still are wired for fear. So I was saying this, coming all the way back to the point I was making earlier, those who desire to climb the mountain, life is a mountain, this is how I see it, and the higher up you go, the harder it gets, life is a constant battle, it's a constant war. I mean, just imagine climbing Mount Everest, That's, that's a battle. You're doing battle with the elements. You're doing battle with yourself. You know, you want to climb back down and go back to base camp. You may be doing battle at times with other people trying to get up there. You're doing battle with maybe animals. There's a lot of forces going against you climbing that mountain. And I think the same can be said of, of, of our lives, um, our, our lives as well today. The higher you want to go, the higher it's going to be for you. And so I was thinking about this because I was struggling with my own sense of um, anxiety in my own sense that day, thinking about the things I need to do to get my own you know, business up and going. And, and, to do. and I was wrestling, which is why I took the kayak out. And I said, OK, I need some time on the water. But I thought, why is it so hard? Well, I'm doing battle with evolution. OK, I, I'm doing battle with my own evolution as a species. Uh, we are fear based. We're less tolerant. And, uh, you know, we're more afraid, we're more anxious as a species. I'm not just saying you or me, but as a species, we are. Um, no other species. And again, I, who knows if, if, if the cockatoo or the, you know, the, you know, the low, you know, we, we do know that, that there are probably dogs that have anxiety, right? You know, we know that animals, so I'm sure there are other animals that face it, but not like we do. And, probably the only animals that are facing anxiety are the ones that have to interact with human beings. I don't know if there's much anxiety in the, in the jungle. Of course, there's an element of survival, right? So maybe I shouldn't say that. There's probably an element of survival and fear-based for all of us as species. But humans probably shouldn't be, I, I guess here's the point I'm trying to make. Human beings should not be as, as afraid as we are. We are at the top of the food chain, years and years to get there. If you're down at the bottom, you're probably going to live more of a fear-based. So I think that is true. As a society, as a whole, all species deal with some sort of fear or anxiety. They may not manifest it the way we do or have tools and therapy and, um, you know, medicines that they take. 
but I guess the point in all of that is, to, is simply to say human beings shouldn't be as fear-based as we are, but we're fighting evolution. So why am I fearful? Why am I anxious? Why are you fearful? Why are you anxious? Why do you battle those things as a person, as a manager, as a leader? Well, because this is this is who you are. This is the evolution of who we are. Maybe a million years from now, it won't look the same, or two or three million years from now, if the world is still in existence, it won't look the same. So I thought about that as a leader, as a person, just a person, an entrepreneur, as a person, I'm battling this idea of evolution, right? Just that we all have. Uh, and then there's a battle of origin. Okay, so this is again, you're climbing the mountain, life is a battle. The, uh, uh, there are inner struggles and outer struggles. And, and the battle of origin simply means um, my family of origin, where I come from, where you come from, uh, what your first few years of life were like. That sets the tone for your comfort zone. I've done a lot of work on this, a lot of studying on this. The age of zero to 10 in that range, some people would say zero to six, some people would say zero to eight, but definitely zero to 10. In that age range, your comfort zone is set. So whatever it is that you experience in that day and age, in, in that time period of your life, that becomes the comfort zone for the rest of your life. So kids that grow up in warm, loving, open, inviting environments where they're encouraged and loved, you don't have to be rich. You don't have to be just an inviting atmosphere where their parents are constantly saying, you can be who you want to be in life. You can do, even if we know that's probably not 100% true as parents, but we still let them know, I'm not going to be the one to hold you back. Life will do enough of that when you hit the age of 18 or, you know, 15, 16, or once you get into middle school and you start dealing with the other kids, life is going to provide you all the humility you need at this home in my place. All we're going to give you is confidence, 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 and more confidence. And we do that through love, absolute unconditional love. We do it through in encouraging our kids, right, in that kind of a home. So if you grew up in that kind of a home, your world is going to be so great. You, you have this belief that I can do whatever it is I want to do. On one of the teams I leave, there's a young lady on there, and she's 14 or 15 now. And she comes from, that they're not a wealthy family, that they don't have a lot of money. They're of um, Asian background. And uh, they've come and, you know, to America and, and they're working hard. She has this desire and she's kind of shy. She's kind of um, maybe a little awkward, I could even say. Dynamic young lady, though. The potential in her is so high. And she has this dream of going to New York City. And I think it's phenomenal. And there's something within her parents because she doesn't live, you know, in New York City. Uh, she lives in San Diego. And San Diego, it's a big town. Uh, I think it's the eighth largest city in the United States. There, there's a lot of stuff going on, but we are not New York City by any stretch of the imagination. But there's something in her upbringing, something in her, you know, what her parents are doing very well for her that is, I, I can make it to New York City one day and that's my dream. That's my goal. So she's grown up in that. The opposite is also true. If you grew up in a home that is disempowering, that is dysfunctional, uh, and your first 10 years of life, you have parents that are downgrading you in uh, emotional abuse, physical abuse, or even if you're around it. Studies have shown that even if you're not necessarily the victim, but you're around it, it does wonders for your psyche. And you're going to struggle with the lack of confidence. You're going to struggle with the uh, you know, lack of belief in yourself and where you can go. So I was, I was pointing this out that as an individual, we, we are always facing that, the battle of origin, the battle of evolution, right, who I am. Uh, and even if you grew up in a wonderful 
home and a wonderful upbringing, more than likely there will still be some struggles inside of you because, again, the evolutionary nature of homo sapiens. Uh, so I was talking about that. And, and so here's, here's what I said, that leaders must always understand this when dealing with other people. So he, here's what I went on to say. I was thinking about this about myself, and I thought, well, how powerful this, because then the, the idea came to me, and I wrote down these words, leaders must, uh, okay, so this is not making any sense here. And again, I was on a kayak typing and probably speaking into my phone here, but I say something like leaders must know, uh, basically what I'm trying to say here in this sentence that's not making any sense is that leaders are always doing battle with themselves. That's the price of leadership, of, of leadership is understanding that there's a battle within myself. It's the battle of evolution, the battle of origin. But then I also said this, they must also do battle. So there's a warrior within all of us, right? And we're constantly fighting ourselves. We're fighting the elements. But here's the deal. And here's, here's the leadership point of today. Leaders must also do battle with the warrior within those they lead. That was incredibly enlightening for me to hear that. I'm not only doing battle with myself, but as a leader, I need to understand that the people I lead are also doing battle with themselves. And so I have a little warrior within me. They have a little warrior within them. And it hit me like a ton of bricks that as a leader, and this is why I talk a great deal about not taking things personal. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. There are all of us come to the table and we're doing battle within ourselves. And then for you as a leader, there are people that are coming onto your team and your organization every single day. Not only are they doing battle with themselves, but they're doing battle with their spouse, doing battle with their kids, doing battle with uh, maybe another coworker, doing battle with a family member. There's all kinds of wars that they're fighting and then they come to work and maybe something's not working out the way we think and we start going to war with them. We start going to battle with them and we fail to realize that that person in front of us is a human being battling with themselves. And this is very important for us to understand as leaders. Not only are you battling yourself, the people that you lead, the people that you manage, the people on your team, the people in your organization are having wars with themselves. So leader, this is why we must have compassion. This is why we must be, uh, as Warren Bennis says in his book, in his book on leadership, uh, fully integrated and fully expressed. This is why we have to be whole selves, whole people, emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally. All of that's important so that we can come to the table and understand, okay, I understand the battle I'm doing with myself, but I also understand the other people doing battle with themselves. And sometimes their warrior is going to take on my little warrior. Instead of taking that personal, I, I can step out as a leader and say, okay, this is the situation at hand. I don't, have to, I, I don't have to take this personal. I don't need to take it personal. It has nothing to do with me. And I think if managers begin to understand that, right? So, so the person in front of you not getting the job done that they probably should be, 
you, you know, as as well as they should. You know, we we talked about this in in one of the previous JC thoughts. This idea of anxiety and this idea of mental health and how that one out of uh, one uh, one out of four people, twenty five percent of your workforce right now, statistics show. Um, I think this is the World Health Organization. It's either that or or a, a U.S. based organization. I stated that 25%, 26 actually percent of your workforce is dealing with mental health issues. Those are people doing battle with themselves. Those are people doing war with themselves. So as a leader, you know, trying to ignite your culture, trying to lead uh, uh, with passion, lead with purpose, live with purpose. One of the things you have to understand is as a leader, you've got to be compassionate in your role. Compassion for self, compassion for others. I'm writing a book uh, that that has a subtitle sur- surrounding that same thing. Everybody at every moment of the day is doing the best they can with the tools they have. Compassion for others, compassion for selves. Do battle with yourself and understand you will do battle with yourself. The battle of origin, the battle of evolution. And understand that your little warrior is going to do battle with other little warriors. Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. It's the nature of the beast. I'll see you next week. Take care.